I'm Joe. And I'm Reed. And this is Double Shot, the digital journal of two young professionals navigating growth in work and life. Okay, on this episode, our main topic of discussion is the question of, is ego required to be able to set high ceilings for yourself? We sort of turn that into, is ego required to achieve things that are of a, a high standard, a, a high goal, right? Uh, so it's this discussion of what level of self-esteem, what level of self-importance is is necessary, helpful to allow yourself to do great things. Uh, we, of course, touch on some of our usual topics. We go a little bit ranty on social media and the, and the uh, conversation, uh, but it's, it's a really interesting topic. Um, we, uh, as always, hope you enjoy. I, too, am this sort of curmudgeon kind of thing around social, and it's like I have the apps because I need to for work, essentially. Yeah. And there's some aspect of, like, okay, so here's here's where I uh, battle with myself, is I fully agree. I'd be like, totally fine if it all just went away, and we had to meet in person to have community. Oh, my gosh, right? And given, like, Slack, Discord, all these things. But... And we've talked about some level, like, it's the only way I stay in touch with people from other countries and, and that kind of thing from my different stints in different places. But then I've asked myself, like, so what? I, w- I don't know if I was talking to you about this or if I was talking to my brother about this, um, somebody very recently. I'm like, there's, what if some people just serve a purpose for a period of your life and you don't feel pressured to continue all relationships on indefinitely. Yep. And that there are friendships that you had in high school that it's good that they didn't continue past high school and there's relationships that you had in college that it's perfectly healthy and they didn't need to continue past college. And this pressure of like maintaining relationships on and on and on and that's one of the tools of social media and whether it's like, oh, what if we just like didn't i um i disagree with the premise that connection happens on digital platforms okay i think it's fake really yeah even for like native digitals to use the terminology uh-huh. it's fake you don't connect with people on digital platforms I... people require physical proximity for connection i i i believe that in order to feel truly connected to somebody in like a meaningful way mm-hmm you need physical proximity. So if you have like the occasional back and forth DM with somebody who you went to the CrossFit gym in Spain with. Went to the gym with them. Physical proximity, have connection. Yes, but do you think you can continue that connection? Yes, no, no, no. You have to have physical proximity. So some it can't point, be though. where it starts is what you're saying. Yeah, and it, it also will die. And that's the like, do friendships have an end? Like it, 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 it will. Without some without real some connection. physical proximity, it will die doesn't matter if it's your friends, it's your family. Like that is where my mind breaks when like the category pirates folks talk about digital native and how people like that is where the relationships exist intentionally. Like that sounds awful. Oh, it sounds terrible. And this is one of the things that's interesting to me is like I I firmly believe that, but I don't know that I'm right. Like those two things can be different. Well, the it, it goes back to the same thing of there is no black and white. Right. We have our previous context and experiences. They have their previous context and experiences. For us, analog, quote, relationships are better because that's what we like. And for them, digital is better because that's what they like. 
But what we won't know and don't know is in 100 years' time, when there have been full generations of analog only and digital only, what's the like outcome? What are the, what's the state of the union of mental health and relationship and connectivity and and and? Like if we get if we want to get like really sort of deep and like meta, um, I when else have people talked about there being a, an epidemic of loneliness and mental health is like. And look at every mental health issues are everywhere, everywhere. And part of that has to do with um, we're actually diagnosing them. Like there's yes. for sure yeah, a yeah. large percentage. There's less of a stigma, less of so a stigma people, people will come out of the woodwork, it. so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the the piece that's sort of terrifying to me. I'm going to get into a subject that I don't know a ton about, so I'm just going to say that this caveat, from the, caveat, from the caveat. outside looking in. <laughs> yes. Um, if you look at the backgrounds of people who do mass shootings, they're lonely. By themselves, largely twenty-something white males, as I point at myself. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm thirty now, so I'm no longer in that cohort. Um, old, old. Uh, but it, th- there is something about lack of physical connection with people that matters. And I I fully agree with you. I just I I wish there were a way to prove it. I don't know. Maybe there is. Like because I like I said I believe that in my bones. I believe that people are people are very social creatures obviously and social does not mean over a digital platform yeah yeah yeah. like i mean even like if you you know we consume some huberman and some of the people he have had on they've they've gone into some of the uh like psychological neurological impact of community physical mm-hmm. you know connection and all, all those types of things so i think there's some stuff there but maybe not the like all-inclusive meta-analysis meta-analysis yeah. The book, the what's the tipping point of interpersonal connection? Well, Nobody's written too. that yet necessarily. Who's going to be willing to be the other group? Like, how do you study those that don't have high degree of community? What it's do like you mean? V- very, very hard. Well, I mean, like, my my pro- my question is like, for people who believe or feel like they can have strong connection off of digital platforms mm-hmm. only, let's just say native digitals as a bucket and then probably not nearly any of them, like not nearly all of them, but some amount of them believe mm-hmm. that. Um, how do we study if they're wrong? Like the happiness surveys, is that what we do? Like mm-hmm. how do we actually determine if there's a negative, like there's a deleterious effect of not having human interaction? Yeah, like, do you go to the extent of like actually measuring serotonin levels in different buckets of communities and make it more of a like scientific medical experiment Do fmri their brain and see if different regions are like turned off not uh active not growing not developing like whatever it is like i mean how cool would that be that would be super cool but i think that's the thing that you're going to have to actually be able to show people if you're going to get them to get the fuck out of their house like okay here's what we're going to do because we could go on for an hour about this yeah we're going to put this down as a future topic yeah i like it of like in-person Connection is a must. Connection is a must. In the good old notebook here. Um, <laughs> the best titled notebook of all time. <laughs> I just love it so much. Uh, for context, listeners, I have a notebook that just says people I want to punch in the face. <laughs> and so when I'm writing notes in it and somebody doesn't is not aware of this notebook, it looks like I have a vendetta against them. And it brings me much joy. 
Uh, okay, what what is what's going on in your world since the last time we chatted? It's been a couple weeks this yeah. time, so we had we did have a week off um, because we're inconsistent. I don't but think I mentioned that I hired a nutritionist on our last episode. I don't know if you did. Yeah, so I hired a nutrition coaching company, um, CBG Nutrition, and uh, working with a woman named Lexi Machuga. She's she's super rad. Um, so that's very new for me. Is this like Zoom interactions? Is it yeah, just I mean, email. Like, what's the setup? actually? It's kind of nice. It's mostly via text, which okay. is my jam. Um, yeah, and then that's we have your, a one of your phone preferred. call mm-hmm. every other week. Um, okay. And then I send like pictures of food, update pictures of me, body weight, stuff like that. Um, so they have like a process for how they do it um, in terms of how they collect info from you. Um, what percentage of your so we've talked about some of these aspirations that you have come to the yeah. point of having, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can get into that. Actually, it goes in line with the topic today. Uh, it does, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, but what percentage of your nutrition endeavors are functional versus aesthetic? Um, they're kind of both at the same time, and they are very related. Yes, but um, let's say... Yeah, which one means more to me? Or which one triggered me reaching out? Or put it, put it this way: like I want to make, like I want to be a master's athlete, mm-hmm. versus I want to look better than I ever have when I go to the lake this summer. Mm. Are very different. Yeah. So things. my question to you is: which one matters more to me, or are you asking which one got me to hire a coach? Let's start with that. Which one got you to performance? Okay. Which um, one matters more? The performance by okay. a little bit. By a little um, bit, yeah. I think that, and I was, normally I would, it's hard for me to um, historically like allow that to be the case because you're told like, oh, that's vain. To so admit that to you admit want to that look I better. To admit that I want to look better yeah. is like, it, it's vain, I guess. I, I think it's, I think that's bullshit. Um, I don't there, think it's there, Oh man, that's like, body image part two yeah. is actually, for context, because we have five listeners, we did an episode on body image. We did. The part two of that conversation would be the like society's view on that. Yeah. Because it was our journeys, the previous mm-hmm. conversation, but like w- what extent of that, quote, vanity is healthy or not could be an interesting conversation. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I said to him, I was like, look, I, I train really, really hard and I don't look like it. And that is frustrating. Which is so funny because as we know... yeah. Anybody who looked at you would say, like, in unbelievable shape. The thing that's interesting is that um, it all goes back to, like, the comparison game, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I see people who train like I train, and not all of them, but Do you look, like, chunk. froning? Well, I mean, like, nobody actually looks like that dude. Even, like, games athletes don't. That dude is different. Like, <laughs> he looks different. Um, you, you you carved him out of a rock. It's weird. <laughs> uh, but here's the in thing. In a great way. Good for him. What's the end game? Yeah, I don't know. But this is the point that I was going to make is one of the first things that was said back to me was by the guy who runs the the company was he was like, got to tell you, man, form follows function. Yeah. He's like, everybody who comes to me with those, he's like, it's not uncommon for me to be like, look, I do really care about performance and I also really care about looking like I do what I do. Uh huh. And he was like, but what I've experienced and what I've coached and what our coaches coach and what we see is the more we can get somebody to just trust that the performance will lead to that, the better they do and the better they feel and the better they look and the better they perform. And it becomes this like what you circle. do doesn't change, but it's your mindset about it. Well, yeah. And like you start believing in it and that probably actually has an impact on your body. Uh, it, it definitely does. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, also yeah. like 
your performance goes up and then you see a little more muscle and then you are happy about it. So your performance goes up again. I know. I was reading a book that talked about how your mood directly impacts your physical output. So like, oh yeah, it's pretty incredible stuff. So like, if you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm growing, I'm getting stronger, I'm looking better. You go into the gym, you're like, boom, PR. And you're like, it's working. And then you go back and you're like, oh, I put on more muscle. And so it's this weird like flywheel of you almost can't help but do like perform better when you see the mirror telling you you're looking better and then you're performing better. So you're like, I must be changing. So then you see it and you think you're changing mm-hmm. and you might actually be. And so it's like this self-perpetuating mm-hmm. theory. And it's like, it's like the concept of stacking dubs. You just like win, mm-hmm. win, 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 win. And so it was one of those things where, cause I said to him, I was like, look, I know that if I'm really happy with how I look and I can't perform, I'll be pissed more pissed than I am now where I feel like, I look better than the average 30-year-old, but given the amount of effort that I put in to my physical training, I, those feel mismatched. So, like, my expectation yeah. and reality are slightly mismatched in my head. And so um, I was like, but if I were to go one way, I'd rather have a lot of go and less show than the inverse. Yeah, Or yeah, I do yeah. bodybuilding, right? So, And the, the, yeah. that whole thing of, to your point of comparison, that I look better than the average 30-year-old, like, I think you and me are in the same camp that average, like... Like, we don't give a shit about average Ugh. when such a high percentage of the population is, like, Un- medically... Unhealthy. Unhealthy, yeah. obese, and all these kinds of things. We're like, who fucking cares about the average? average? Well, even if the population was not that... Who wants to be average? Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. I just can't. Like, if I'm going to care about something, like, actually care about something, uh-huh. I cannot be average at it. Yeah. There has to be some element of what I do that's, like, just a little... Just yeah, a little more. Yeah, yeah. Or I just don't care. It's like I either am totally happy with it being not great. For example, I hired a lawn service this year because my lawn's just a mess. Yeah. And God, I've hired a lot of people this year. Um, I'm realizing this. Uh, but I, it was an F. The lawn was an F, mm-hmm. which is unacceptable. I was like, I, if I own the property, I should take better care of it than this. And you uh, take it's you're gonna get to a C. All I care about is getting to a C. They're like, you should really aerate this. I'm like, I don't care. They're like, you should really do all this extra stuff. You should pay us this extra stuff. And I'm like, y'all don't listen. I don't care. I well, need this and to here's not the be thing. an F. For like so knowing where you live, right? Like yeah. these uh like Midwestern homes that are in highly wooded areas that have a lot of shade, like it's fifty percent grass, fifty percent weeds, yeah. if not disproportionate. So like a would and wildflowers be, and all sorts of shit. That's actually good for the yeah. environment. But like A would be scorched earth, resawed from the ground up and overseed for five years. Exactly. And it's like, okay. Well, I just, no. The only reason I actually hired this company, like if we're just really, really so you don't have to cut your lawn. No, no, no. That that was because my lawnmower broke. Um, okay. Which was going to be a $2,200 replacement. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Um. Uh. It, the only reason I hired them is that I have a party every year at my house called Oktoberfest around Oktoberfest. It's like, I actually party harder at Oktoberfest than I party at anything else that I do in the entire year. Christmas, Thanksgiving, doesn't matter. Birthday, no, Oktoberfest is my party. And Katie wouldn't let me have it last year because our lawn was such a mess. Yeah. And I was like, all right, if that's the case, then you know I'm about to spend a good amount of money fixing this. And she's like, yeah, it's fine, fix it. Because she cares more about the outside yeah. than I do. So like... A thousand bucks a year to... No, not even. Like oh. 640 Okay. Pay it up front. Save like 20%. Yeah. 640 a year for to have my party. To have a party once yeah. a year. To have my party. I love it's that. It's totally so it's the much. best investment ever. <laughs> That's amazing. What's up in your world? Yeah. So funny enough, uh, 
different decisions than you for similar reasons oh, cool. uh, in terms of wanting to achieve a new level of performance. I think we've talked about it some. I like, I'm getting it. I want to get true multi-sport. At the end of the day, again, I have no interest in being an average fucking athlete. Yeah. Zero. It's not fun. And I'm not going to win races or anything, but like, I rather than being in the 15%, I'm going to be in the 5% yeah. or whatever, right? Feel that. And uh, so... I started, one thing is I started Athletic Greens, which is like, who knows, placebo or not, not enough fucking but testing. It's working. But I feel yeah. great uh, <laughs> after doing it for like a week, which is cool. So that's something I'm investing in. I have decided nothing will get in the way of this. I'm recommitting to a gym membership next month. Okay. Uh, so that's like a few hundred bucks a month that I'm like now adding into <laughs> my expenses. Between Athletic Greens and that, and you mean? Not, okay, uh-huh. I was about to say, which gym did you go to for a few no, hundred bucks? It's going to be like a standard gym. Mm-hmm. Um but if we talk about the reasons and the question I asked you, uh, currently, it's like 65% aesthetic and 35% uh, performance. I think all that matters is that you actually know that. Like, if you walk into the commitment knowing what you actually want out of it, yeah, it doesn't matter what you want out of it. Because at the end of the day, what has happened in the last three years, right? If I look back at, like, PR running me and whatever, like... I was lifting semi-regularly. I was running all the fucking time. I was in great shape, right? And what has happened over the last few years is admittedly, like, my eating habits have gone down the toilet. Mm -hmm. I have lifted zero, so the upper body is dissolving while the lower body is maintaining. And it's all, it's like, aesthetically, that's just, like, not what I want in my life. Yeah. And then the impetus was, in the world of starting multi-sport, I bought my first tri-suit, and, like, I wear tight cycling clothing all the time, and it has, like, logos and shit on it. Masks stuff pretty well. Yeah. Tried on a tri-suit, and I was like, fuck that. It's time to make a change. <laughs> so uh, that was somewhat of the impetus of, like, all right, let's get real. Yeah. And so... Well, the pain that you were feeling is not performance-related right now. I mean, like, you, you want your performance to improve. Well, my but performance you're, you're, is also very disappointing at the moment. Yeah, but your biggest pain, your most acute pain was, like, I put on the tri-suit, and I was like, fuck. Yeah. Like, it's so interesting. Like, we were talking about Brian Kavicki before we came on. Uh-huh. It's like, all he says all the time is, like, there's no pain, there's no sale. Like, yeah. and what he means by that is if you don't have a problem, you will not make changes. Because yeah, I've told myself, I don't want my half-marathon PR to be my half-marathon PR. Right. I want to beat that again. Yeah. But that pain... Like, I still, like, a 128 is fucking great, well, so I don't have latent. pain around it. Yeah, it's also, like, you you don't have a race tomorrow that you're like, oh, my performance is going to be bad for. Yeah. But you are like, I signed up for a try, and I got to wear this suit. That's like, yeah. you can I'm see I'm like, it. I have a month and a half to not hate how I look in this thing. Right. So for this like one event. An immediate, like, feedback loop of get better. Yeah. So different, like, proportion there. But at the end of the, t- at the, end of the day, right, like, I looked the best four years ago mm-hmm. performed the best four years ago and the performance is the reason like mm-hmm. i was in the best shape of my life well yeah this is back to the guy's point who i was talking about like the form follows function yeah like there's a reason everybody who goes to the crossfit games kind of looks the same uh-huh. mostly you know genetic differences like noah olson looks different than travis mayer because one is six two and one is five eight yeah. and one is you know like there's differences but like you kind of look at and you're like you're all pretty much statues mm-hmm. there's a reason like, yeah. you can all run five-minute miles and snatch 275. Like, yeah, there's a reason. <laughs> and the thing is, when I talk about, like, you know, my muscle has all dissolved because I haven't lifted in four years, uh, if I get stronger, my running will be will better. Will get better, yeah, <laughs> like, 100%. You know, because I don't want to be one of the, like, 
unbelievably thin just distance runner or what like that's right. just not what I want to be. Yeah. I want to be able to run a half marathon around six minutes pace. I want to like be able to lift that's shit. Quick, dude. I you know, it's like that's the kind of but yeah, I, yeah, I want to like, you know, deadlift three fifty, four hundred. You, like, you like, like bias toward the endurance side uh-huh. and I bias hard towards the strength side. Yeah. That's like where where we sit at. Uh-huh. It's very interesting. Cause you're like, yeah, I want to deadlift like three fifty four and I'm like pretty normal numbers and and, and i'm like and i'm like i would like to run 715 halves and you're like pretty normal numbers Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's actually really interesting isn't that interesting yeah because that's the thing like for where was that at peak performance you know i weighed 145 pounds it was like deadlifting you know 315 ish like over two times body weight over two times body weight, which was like for me as an wanted. endurance for athlete. For a deadlift, you, that's, I mean, yeah, that's what you want. For an endurance athlete, I was like, great. Yeah, it's great. Who cares? Yeah. Um, so, anyways. What is mine? Your deadlift numbers or your... Oh, like, no, I'm at I'm at 2.6 times yeah. body weight. Really good games athletes. Yeah, it's going to be something stupid. No, they're almost exactly three times body weight. Oh, okay. So they weigh roughly... 195 to 205 and normally deadlift something in the high fives low sixes okay is like standard so have you in the world of periodized training yeah have you ever thought about just like taking a like thinking really long long term i have thought about this i've been encouraged to do so and i will not do it powerlifting block for like an extended period of time well it's funny you bring it up right after quarterfinals ttt launch training think tank who i use yeah shout out anything tank love you guys um referral code in the yeah, description I no, <laughs> please sign up they're a great company um they have had since that point so we're 12 weeks into it like a strength bias program yep um which is likely what i really should be doing but i want to play devil's advocate okay. here okay? okay because if you think about the numbers that people who truly are like the elite level lean power lifters mm-hmm. That like those numbers, those proportions of like elite level crossfit crossfit athletes, it's like average. Oh no, for totally. These folks, right, crossfit and, is super average. And so that's the yeah. thing. Like, if you spent a period of time, because it's not like you're gonna lose all the other stuff. Like, there would be some regaining of the endurance and whatever, right? Yeah, you like, definitely would lose some capacity for a period of time. But to like get to the point where your lifting numbers are power lifter level well, what i would need is my lifting numbers to not be such a huge detriment that they keep me out of the other things yeah that's what like actually needs mm-hmm. to happen so and that's why i want to yeah. push back of like what i've experienced from you and given you are like rapidly progressing so who the fuck am i like but as like a devil's advocate thought exercise with you it feels like you'll go through crossfit programs that lean power lean endurance lean whatever and in the world of like trying to get to elite level would it pay dividends to elite level in a discipline to close a gap for a period of time um yeah the answer is probably yes and so like training think tank is a crossfit program right yeah and then they have a couple of different paths inside of it so they have what they've let's just say they have three paths one is all of it one is strength bias one is i only have an hour to train today yep so what i found is um starting in about like december-ish or so i started having like big what i felt like were big performance jumps yeah 
for the first time in a really long time. Um, and part of that was actually, I think the vast majority of that, because I didn't, I have never changed programs. Like I started training think tank in 2021. It's 2023. Never dropped off of it. Never switched programs. Cause the worst thing you can do as a, as an athlete is program hop. Yeah. So if you're going to be on a program, you need to stay at least one year. And in my opinion, if that program shows you that they have improved you over the course of the year, you need to stay again. And you don't commit inside of like, oh, I'm going to give it 12 weeks. No, you commit for 52 weeks and you evaluate if that program is still serving you or not. And this program is definitely still serving me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, but what I found was if I sleep well and prioritize the strength movements, um, I get stronger and I get fitter. And what is interesting to the way that they score CrossFit, if you can hit some home runs, you actually can make up for some of your problems. Mm-hmm. So while, don't get me wrong, the right thing for me to do would be to stop doing conditioning. Like it would be only strength work. That's it. Gymnastic strength, barbell strength. Like it would be only strength work. Yep. However, two things are important. Number one, I do not make my livelihood off of my CrossFit and I enjoy the death work. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm going to do this all the time, because I also think that you alluded to it. I want to be a master's games athlete. I'm not even a master's athlete for five years. I, mean, I got five years before that becomes real. What's the worst thing that can happen inside of that time? I get tired of doing it and I quit. That's the first hurdle to making sure that I actually get a chance to do that dream. Yeah. So I must, it, I must enjoy it. Number one, I must enjoy it. If I do not enjoy it, I must fix whatever the problem is that makes me enjoy it. So that's number one. And your progress is a hell of a lot better if you're enjoying it. Yep. I know that I enjoy the hard shit. Like when I say hard shit, I mean the stuff that leaves you on the floor, sweaty, out of breath, proud of what you just did. Strength does not give me that imp- like that, that feeling. So I don't want to cut out the stuff that gives me that feeling because my, my fun will go away. Yep. The second piece is that I remember I was talking to BK about like weaknesses in my sales process. And he goes, have you ever considered just being really good at the stuff you're good at? And I was like, well, I don't even know what I'm really good at. So (laughs) no, I had a very, the like beginnings of a philosophical conversation along those lines with Kyler the other day Mm. of the like lean. There's the two philosophies. There's lean into your strengths and build whatever around you need from like a a business team standpoint around your weaknesses. But Mm -hmm. that also plays into other areas of in life of just like compound on your strengths. Yep. Right. Or the, in the world of growth, work on your weaknesses. And CrossFit is a world that you will lose on your weaknesses. Yeah. So like I will never make semifinals if I don't get my snatch number from 220 to 270. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a fucking job. That is big. (laughs) Um, But like, well, I, I could probably qualify for, semis at like 250 um but the point is i'd have to make 10 percent strength gains to make that happen yeah i'm working on it i don't expect it to happen in a year um so crossfit will punish you for your weaknesses but there's also an element of like as i continue to prioritize getting strong so i put all i do all of my strength work before i let myself do any conditioning and the reason i do that is that if i walk into my conditioning smoked and i have a bad conditioning session it does not matter don't care doesn't matter. My priority is getting stronger. On the inverse, if I start with my conditioning and have a shit strength session, that's a wasted day. Mm-hmm. So, like, I do it that way. Even while doing that, like, inside of the group that I'm in that has some semifinal athletes, like, I'm starting to see the things that I'm good at, primarily upper body pushing gymnastics, handstand push-ups, handstand walking, that sort of jazz. I like top five workouts. 
like mm-hmm. top five on the leaderboard kind of stuff. And so it's like my strengths are getting really good too, which allows you to to make big leaps on the leaderboard as well. So like, yeah, there were, you know, quarterfinal or yeah, quarterfinal workouts last year that like I did, I did like really well in the world because they were like really handstand biased. And it's like, I'm really good on my hands. So I also don't want to stop doing the programs that let me stay really good at that. Although I know that like you could drop down a little bit and catch it back up. It's like, I want to make that strength really good before I let it slip. You know what I mean? uh So there's like, because I have a time horizon that's so far away for what I want to do, I'm trying to balance the fun and get the strength really good Mm -hmm. and bring these weaknesses up enough that they just become like tolerable. Interesting. But no, I honestly, if I hired a, if I hired one of the TTT coaches to personally train me instead of in the group program, I am almost positive their first thing would be like, you get to do conditioning once a week. Yep. And I'd be like, and lift some heavy stuff. And you'd be doing all for lower heavy, volume. Yep. And then you wouldn't feel like you'd like to. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a balance there, like for sure. There's a balance. Well, I think it's actually worth us jumping to our main topic for mm-hmm. today, which is somewhat related to these things. I actually because think it's quite like, related. We have high ceilings for ourselves, essentially. I think we have low ceilings for ourselves. Uh, well, let's get into that too. But yeah. the the main topic and and fill in the gaps here for me, uh, so we, the audience has the full context. But the idea of is some level of quote ego related or necessary for people who have these incredibly high standards for themselves. So people who are incredibly successful in, in businesses, like founders, big exits, all those kinds of things. Uh, high performers in athletics, let's just say quarterfinals and up, like, you know, uh, let's say semifinals, semifinals, up. whatever, yeah. right? But like, and, and that's your own. Let's just say you know? games, but very successful, let's say games. Yeah. So, but to that point, is ego required? Because we have this uh, societal feeling around like ego is a bad, mm. bad thing, right? Yep. And just, is it necessary? Yeah. Do you have to think? highly of yourself to achieve these impressive things. I'm always the one who goes first. What are, what are your thoughts when you hear it? I I don't, I mean, obviously the, the point of this discussion is like externalizing and exploration. Yeah. So I don't necessarily have the answer to it. I can speak about it. Yeah, but what's like, like your belief? I would, well, here's the thing. So I think it requires nuance in the idea of ego. Yeah, let's start there. So uh, there is the traditional egotistical individual who's self-obsessed, which really like what people are talking about from that standpoint is narcissism necessarily, not like ego. Yeah, self-obsession is narcissism. Yeah, which in some context, the words are used interchangeably. Mm -hmm. And perhaps they are actually the same. Uh, And that's where I think there's some delineation that's needed between ego and confidence ego and self-belief and all these things right but the idea of like you must think highly of yourself so if i think about my own experience i am trying to regularly set higher goals for what i want to achieve broadly people might say that the things i have already achieved or my current goals are incredibly high Mm -hmm. okay um 
Meanwhile, I'm in that process of pushing these goals higher. So let's say like going from I want to get a sub 90 minute half marathon to I want to get like low 120s or, or whatever that is, right? Yeah, to 115 to who knows, blah, 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 right? Yep, who knows? The idea is I don't know what the the end game there is. And I believe that like it's all just decisions to get there and that I could mm. achieve whatever. I I believe that I could found a company i believe that i could do whatever it's just like decisions and trade-offs to get there yep so to me it's there are no limits it's all just what i want to do which on some level feels like an ego type of statement an egotistical kind of statement and that you like oh who are you to say you could achieve all these great things whatever Mm -hmm. that is so like that's sort of where i'm coming from from that standpoint yeah uh, and then I also try and think about the people that I consume around me, the people who have achieved great things, and how do I experience ego from that standpoint? And that I haven't done enough like reflection on to have necessarily a, a good opinion. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't, what's your reaction to that? Um, a couple things. One, I think ego gets a really bad rap, like we, what you started to touch on. Um, you can have... Everybody, it's so funny. Everybody says they love people with quiet confidence and they hate people with ego. Mm-hmm. They're the same thing. What you're experiencing when you call somebody egotistical is a narcissist. Like, really? Yeah. Look how great I am. Like, I'm going to use an example, a really easy example. Okay. NFL wide receivers, mm-hmm. who typically people label as divas, right? <laughs> Narcissists. <laughs> yeah. It's my, like what you're watching. When somebody is like, it's about me, it's about me, is narcissism. Yeah. Right? So I'm with you. Ego gets a, ego is convoluted and the typical definition of it and the way we see it is like you're egotistical, it's bad. Everybody has an ego. It's actually a, philo- it's a, it's a psychology yeah, uh-huh. thing. You all have an ego. It's your internal perception of your, of yourself. Um, and what I think happens to answer the original question of do you need ego to get to these higher levels? is that if you don't have the perception that you can, your belief never allows you to think it's possible. And when your belief, I'm going to go back to sales here, there's a concept in sales called the behavior action technique triangle, BAT triangle. If your behavior, or sorry, if your attitude, it's behavior attitude technique. If your attitude, aka what you believe to be possible, right, is that um, you can't, you won't behave as if you will, and you'll never touch techniques that allow you to get there. So in my opinion, you have to have the ego to say it's possible. Because uh, let me give you a good example of this. Okay. I was 13. And I was just getting good at soccer, right? Sort of that like age group where people are starting to grow. You're starting to like see people can play now. You're on full-sided field. Like, and it's been like a couple years now where like you could play or not, you know? And I'm, just, I'm getting good. And um, at that time, the way soccer worked was... You had something called the Olympic Development Program, ODP. You had this state team that you had to make, and then you went to regional camp, all right, with 14 other states, and then they pulled the top 40 guys, 36, top 36 guys out of the pool of 14 states, and they kept you at holdover camp, did another week of training, and they picked 18 to go to Boston with four other regions for national team camp, right? So tons of stops along the way, and I remember I was on the bus with my best friend, his name's Griffin. And I'm driving on the bus, sitting in the back, right? Seventh grade, think you're cool, riding back. And uh, we were at year-round school, so it was like 
early June. Now this, by the way, I was, I was 13. I'm 30. This is 17 years ago. And I can detail every single thing on this bus. I can tell you about the seats, tell you about the weather that day. I can tell you everything. It's this ingrained in my head. And we're looking at him and going, I'm going to make national, I'm going to make national campus here. And he was like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you're going to make? I was like, yeah, why not? Why not? Like, like I had just had like an incredible club season, like incredible club season. And I was like, I'm going to make national team camp. And he's like, I mean, he's my best friend and he wasn't being mean about it, but he was just like, okay, you know, like, yeah, I was one step. I got cut at the last cut before national team camp. And, um, and I played great. I, I candidly really still feel like I got cut for no reason. Like I did not give up a goal at holdover camp in training in games and anything. Like I was, I was on, it just happens. Like it's a subjective sport. Sometimes like, all sports are subjective other than like track and, you know, swimming it just happens. Um, but that never would have, I never would have gotten there. I was a nobody. Nobody knew me. I didn't have coaches at the camps. Like nobody knew I was from Indiana. Indiana sucked at soccer. People thought Indiana sucked at soccer. Like what? But I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to make national team camp. And that is where most people would be like, you're egotistical. I just thought I was good enough. Mm-hmm. And in my head, it's like, that's really important. And then like extrapolated across, it's like, I then got feedback that was, oh, you are good. You've had a great season. You made a bunch of, you made a bunch of the high level qualifications here. You got some really nice feedback from coaches during it. You were one step away from making it. Like you can do it. Go again. So then it was like next year, it was like, let's go. Let's be great. And then it was like more good things happened. And then it was like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And then it was like, I'm going to play high level division one. And then it was like, make an all state team, win a, win an academy title. Like keep, you keep doing things. And then the people around me were doing things, you know? And like there became this environment of like, you're at, then at some point, I think around like 16, our club got like best in the country and the expectation became you win. The expectation became you're awesome. The only feedback loop you got was everybody here is really good. And so if you're here, you're really good. And like, I go from a nobody in, in Indiana to playing in the ACC, which is the best soccer competition in the country. And like way out kicking what my cover, way out kicking my coverage from where I began at. And all of that had to do with like just little decisions of like, I think I can, so I will try. And then getting feedback loops and environments that encourage it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, I never would have done that if I had just been like, oh yeah, no, you're probably you're like, it's, yeah, I, I couldn't make that. I'll just like, I'll just like not try. I'll just like not put myself out there. So that to me is the self esteem. So as you were talking, I just did the quick Google definition, right, of ego. A a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. Oh, interesting. And those are two very different things. Yeah. And your story there has this underlying idea of Mm self-esteem. I now, like, young people have a sense of self-importance, right? Yeah, totally. I I think everybody does. I mean, I have a self... Everybody thinks the world revolves around them in some capacity. See, but here's the thing. Because you're living in your story. Like, everything you're seeing is in your eyes. Yes. So, like, on on, on a, like, a a subconscious level, not Mm -hmm. like an, I act this way, I actively think this way, but, like, if you weren't thinking about thinking, you would think the whole world revolves around you. Yeah. So, so here's why I want to, like... uh, Break down, I think, both pieces of this, the self-esteem or self-importance. I think you could actually put an and there to really get, like, how we think about ego. Yeah. 
and ignore the like my own gap mentality about my achievements when I say this, but I have not from it. Let's just like focus on athletics, right? I have not achieved anything like that great from a like running standpoint, that kind of thing. I've been running regularly for six, seven years. I've been running, which makes you a total novice. Yeah. Like in time period, if you really, if you think about it, it feels like a long time, but you're like, Versus people who have been running since they were 11. Like I got into it around the age of 20. Yeah, most people get into it yeah. at like 11. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so in that time period, though, I like have been incredibly consistent. And there are people who got into things like, say, running later in life. And in a few years went from like not running to running marathons in the fives. Yeah, there's okay. a girl who started CrossFit. Um, she's been competing for two years and she just made the games. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> and so... And there's so many variables at play from like baseline fitness from other sports totally. and uh, access to resources and, and genetics yeah. and all these things, right? But overall, I am someone who, if we think about that Google definition, right? I don't know where it comes from, Webster's, whatever, has generally low self-esteem and generally low feeling of self-importance broadly, mm-hmm. okay? Yes. And so if those things were different, might the results be different? If I didn't uh, have so much head trash about feelings of self-importance or manage to work on these self-esteem things, I like all other variables the same, what would change from a performance achievement standpoint? Is I think the like interesting thought exercise here. I mean, just to use personal experience as an anecdote and to sort of externalize these thoughts, um, my biggest um my the my 20s were terrible from a like achievement standpoint just just completely shit and they went from like i can't remember being bad at something as a kid bad Mm -hmm. at something let me read this i can't remember not succeeding or like winning getting wins as a kid but man i can't i can't look back on my 20s and find wins like they don't exist and there became a point in time, probably somewhere before I was 20, that I stopped expecting myself to find success. Like, I can feel it. I can't point the exact moment where it happened, but I know it happened inside of college sports. Like, I know it happened in that window of time where I went from thinking, you're good enough, you can do it, put yourself out there, take the risk, try, to it won't work anyway. This won't come true. Why are you believing it? What's the point? And I would think that if I hadn't spent about 20 years acting on this way, I would have just completely given up. But over time, that happened. And it took me, let's just say that happened sometime around 20-ish, 20 years old-ish. Um, it took me until I was like 29 to realize that I was, that's what I was doing. That it was like, oh, I don't think good things are going to happen. So even if I'm technically prepared and like good enough, whatever that means, mm-hmm. I am self-creating the outcome of not good. So you wouldn't believe good things would happen if we talk about the context of like the ceiling that existed, your own ceiling for yourself. Yeah. Was the ceiling actually low? Was it like, oh, I can only achieve whatever finals at best? Or was it... Like telling yourself, oh, whatever, like I could be a games athlete. No, it was the former. Okay. There was like a, 
there was a self-protection of I can't think I can do that. Like, how do I state this well? There was like a, I won't even let myself think big because I've decided that it's a lot less painful to not think big mm-hmm. and f- and fail than it is to think really big and not get there on like your first try, which is yeah. like such a dumb, uh, dumb <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's really easy. And again, this is not conscious thought. It's not like I was setting goals and I was like, I'll make that easier. It was just this like it, it's the in insidious you. thing that mm-hmm. was like, you can't do it. Just stop. You can't do it. But you know, you should try, kind of. I just think there's this like, there's this like element of, yeah, like go through the motions. But man, if you don't believe it's going to happen, just fucking stop because it's not going to happen. Like, I think it, fear plays a role in that too. Yeah, totally. Fear definitely plays a role. The, the, one of the tricks of well, this I wanna, conversation. I want to ask you. Okay. Like, you were like, I don't, um, I don't, Really, like, I think there's any, like, if I want to do something, I can go do it. Yep. Like, do you firmly believe it when you're acting on the path towards doing it? I would say I'm not acting on the path towards doing it. Okay, so why? Probably fear. Okay. Talk, like of what, a number of things, right? What so, kind of fear? So let's talk, uh, man, we talk so much about <laughs> athletics on this. We could talk about career, uh, The reason too, we talk about like, athletics is that it's a great training ground. And you get immediate feedback. Like, that's why we love it. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it gives you the opportunity to see what you're made of quickly. Uh-huh. You don't have to wait 10 years. You don't got to wait for the right environment. You don't got to wait for the market to be good. You don't have to wait for other people. Like, you get to get a feedback you're loop on you. You're all fully in control. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so uh, maybe it's fear. Maybe it, some of it is habits. Um, some of it is the the conversation around like the self esteem half of of this equation, but I like say I want to achieve these things, and I think it it's, depends on what achieve these things even means because like to some people, doing a seven a half Ironman a seventy point three, just crossing the finish line is like unbelievable. Well, yeah, and I I hypothesize I want to get back to whatever you're whatever path you're going down. Yeah. I hypothesize that the moment you cross the line, you change the goal. Like, or like be like, oh, I did it. Now it's time for this one. Mm-hmm. And it like unlocks a new level. So it's like me, for example, being like, okay, I just like, I'm gonna qualify for quarterfinals. Like, okay, I make quarterfinals. I was 3,000. Let's improve. Okay, now I'm two. Okay, let's get in the top 1,200. Oh, I was 1,000. Oh, we can break top thousand. Like it starts to mm-hmm. unlock. Oh, and then you're like, oh, I'm at five hundred. Like I'm I'm really close to semifinals. You know, like, so then you start to believe that you can do it and mm-hmm. you start doing it. It's again the feedback loop. So anyway, crossing the Iron Man. Yeah. So I man, this is, these are gonna be very messy thoughts. Um so I think part of it too is the self-esteem stuff needs to come first. My my behaviors when we talk about like as I'm on the path to achieving these things, right? Like you could say I'm on the path to achieving a half Ironman ultra marathon. Marathon. I'm having even done my first marathon successfully. Mm-hmm. Thank you, heart and mind. Uh, and yet my behaviors would contradict the statement that I'm on the path. So sure, I run every day. I'm starting to do more cycling. Uh, I have started things like AG1 to invest in like some of the other like you know aspects of this journey. Underlying health. Yeah. Yes, but the 
many of the behaviors that need to stop, not start, I just don't do. Like, like eating better. Okay. Like I tell myself every week, this is the week where like I'm gonna actually value nutrition to the point where I'm like reinvesting in myself. And then I do a terrible job every single week. What, like, so where, where's like the yesterday? Gap? Let's just like talk about that because this is really interesting. Um, what where's the gap? Like, for example, yeah, when you talked to me about like why aren't you just doing strength? I told you, like, I've thought about it. Here's why I'm not, and that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, I've thought about where the gap is. What's the gap between I want to eat better and then I actually do it? What are the like tactical changes that need to occur? No, is it not tactical? Is it something with your mindset? Is it? Is it? Oh yeah, I, like I have a bad relationship with food, okay. and still have over the last you know chunk of time of like losing a bunch of weight, getting in good shape, then sort of losing that, and you know back and forth all this stuff. The like obviously getting out of shape when I was young was like just binge eating and doing no exercise. Getting in shape or at least losing weight in the first place was strict to the point where it was the same five ingredients every meal every day for years. And then that not being sustainable and then like in the journey of finding the right balance, slipping too far back on the other end of the pendulum where it's like good for like my normal meals and then binge eating every night to make up for it. And so it's like this relationship with food that needs to be solved. But at the end of the day, that's mm. just decisions. There's yeah. like some discipline that is just required in all of that. Yep. And so the nutrition is a huge piece. Um, also sleep. I know that a huge thing that would help is if I got like an hour. Time or, out, time okay. out, time out, yeah, time out. Go, go, go. Cut me off. Is it relationship with food? Or is it creating an environment that's only supports good food choices? Or like where is the what's the locus of where's the locus of control on the food one? So I think it is actually the relationship because I have generally created the environment from a day to day standpoint where I have no choice but to be good. Like I have if you went and looked at my home, there's I can't no food. imagine like I, I literally I've been in your apartment like twice. Yeah. I cannot fathom the idea that you have like pints of Ben and Jerry's just sitting there tempting you all night. Like there's, I just don't imagine that's it's your like environment. The occasions where I buy a thing that could be a snack, yeah. it has gone the next day. Yeah. So like you would, if you went over to my apartment right now and you're like, you know, like, what do you have? Like, what can we snack on? I would say nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I would say, uh, do you want rice packets or containers of fish? Uh, do you want like, uh, literally nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing. Like, do you want to munch on a Quest bar? Yeah. Like that, there's just nothing there. And then the like one time I'll go to the grocery store, I'll be like, I'm going to test my willpower. We're going to see how this goes. And I'm going to get like a bag of cashews. Mm -hmm. Well, a bag of cashews is very healthy food. <laughs> In theory. Yeah, but not when you eat seven servings. But of it then once. when I, the literal bag lasts a couple days. Yeah. Well, no, because that's adding. 1,500, 2,000 so calories to a day. That's the moment where you have the problem. Yes. What leads to, I, I can't have one serving of cashews. That the That's where the, like, I, I could probably explore the idea of, like, eating addiction as something mm -hmm. that could actually be, like, diagnosable for me because well, it's, like... Well, like, if you, if you went down that path and you were, like, maybe I do and start reading up on, like, what do people do with that? I would have no idea how to address that. You have to eat. It's not like alcohol addiction where it's like, well, you don't have to drink booze so like keep it out of your life and mm -hmm. like, you know, this is a thing. You have to eat food. There's practices around like intentional eating and setting up like safety systems around yourself and all those things. And I've like tried to iterate towards mm -hmm. those. And that's the thing. Like I am very, very, very slowly changing some of these behaviors. Mm -hmm. 
binging a little bit less. Like it took me, I don't know, years to like start to get back to cycling. It's taken me three years to finally make the decision to like get back to the gym. It mm-hmm. took me eight months to like finally decide to sign up for AG1. So it's like a very slow, 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 slow process. Of You're a naturally decisions. fairly slow decision maker, right? Like SC, slow, steady, Ish. very compliant. It depends on I the mean, decision. I mean, you're different than me. Depends like, on the decision. Let's but just yeah. say for big decisions, mm-hmm. you're fairly slow, yeah. methodical. Do you perceive that it would be better if you could make those sorts of transitions faster? Uh, in some instances, yeah, sure. It would help me get to goals faster. Okay, that, that's what I mean. If you think about like the long run, like I could make one lifestyle change decision once a year and achieve my goal in 10 years. Yeah, but, but that's, that's no not really what you want, that, right? No. But to get back to the uh, the topic around like self-esteem, yeah, I think it actually kind of hinges on that, a lot of this stuff. Because in my like journey of mental health and issues with food, food is the uh, tool to like for self-comfort in periods of low self-esteem. Mm. And then it compounds, right? So it's like you feel bad about yourself, you binge eat, you binge eat, you get in worse shape, you feel bad about yourself, and it's like this never-ending cycle, right? And so like food as a coping mechanism for low self-esteem is like part of the problem there, but the the issue's not the food. It's the self-esteem, yeah, totally. ego side of the equation. That is the symptom that yeah. you're experiencing to that problem. Yeah. I've been on this symptom problem kick lately. Which is where, like, so let's say the self-esteem progresses in the right direction in the context of this conversation. Ego, perhaps, goes in the right direction. Well, then, yeah, I'm going to be able to achieve these higher goals and set higher goals and set higher goals and set higher goals. So I don't know. Like, that feels like a, a stretch from where your question started. No, I think, I think what it is is I actually believe that you do need ego to do high high big things yeah because there needs to be some some part of you that's like i'm worth it and that's where i think the right side of self-importance where i'm worth it feels more like self-importance than self-esteem i can do Mm. it and i like i deserve it's it's funny when i hear self-esteem i think i the immediate thing my brain goes to is i have inherent value okay okay Self-importance to me says that for just in my head, yeah. and I don't think this is like right. It's just like where my brain goes. My brain goes to self-importance means I'm better than others, that I have more importance, more value than others. That, that I disagree with. Yep. Like that I don't agree with, but the you're worth it, I very much identify with. And that's where the positive and negative side of this is. The mm-hmm. I'm worth it for me Versus I'm worth it more so than others. Uh, more so than, you know, I think one of the things, it's really interesting, right? Um, when you look at like really successful people, there are some like commonalities that you see. They're oftentimes almost all high performers are working for something outside of themselves and it drives their motivation to a different level. And a lot of times like, okay, let's, watch, let's go to athletics. Like how many athletes like make a notice to say like, thank you to God after they finish? like winning a championship or having a huge race or whatever. And this is not a religious conversation that I'm attempting to have. Um, They're serving something else. In the event that God exists, I do believe there's a higher power. I don't believe that 
anybody's idea of said higher power is like perfectly accurate, but I think the general gist is there. Um, God doesn't give a fuck about your sporting event. <laughs> what a sentence. God, God cares a lot like about your existence. Yeah. Um, but what I think it shows, if you believe in traditional religion, you believe that you were created not by chance, but by choice. And that, that different viewpoint is like the foundation of self-worth. Because yeah. if somebody chose to make you, you, have, you purpose. have purpose. And you no longer have to wonder if you are worthy or valuable. And the reason that there is such a strong correlation between whether you're Muslim, you're Jewish, you're Christian, you're Hindi, you are staunch Buddhist, like whatever you believe in, that you can you can look at a many, many, many high, not all, but many, many high performers and be like, they all reference something outside of themselves that they're thankful for or that they like are giving um, glory to in some capacity. Yeah. And I think that it all goes back to the idea that they have decided very early on, they've learned very early on, you have worth, you are, you are worthy. And if you are worthy, then you can have great outcomes. You, you are worth, like you can do it. It's not wrong to go do it. You like get the permission to not dull yourself. And it's like, and let's like go to the complete opposite end of the spectrum. The guy that you totally can't stand, Scott Galloway. Scott Galloway is an atheist. I disagree with his views on atheism. I think he's very wrong. But you know what is also weirdly enough given him purpose for? Is he's like, there's nothing bigger than all of us. So we're all the same. And therefore, my purpose is to make this time on earth as impactful, important, and awesome as I possibly can. Worth. Like, yeah. It, it's the same. They've gotten to the same outcome in a completely different roundabout way. But I do think that if you don't have that self-worth that, and the, that ego, you will never try to do big things because you're like, who? because your question always goes back to who am I to do it? Yeah. And if you can't answer that question with some sort of belief that you are somebody who can do it or you're somebody who should do it or can do it or is allowed to do it, your answer will be nobody. And then you'll do nothing. So where this is headed is with the correct definition of ego, it is required it to is achieve the great things. key, in my opinion. Which is the thing. It is required <laughs> for achievement. Yep. And I think actually, perhaps ego and like ceilings or possibility are actually the same thing. Mm. Oh, do you mean that like the height of your of your ego is is the ceiling you set for yourself? Because yeah. th like what you say you could do, what you allow yourself to think you could do, is very different than achieving that thing. Yeah. So the like. I can't achieve the thing if you don't believe that you can, right? All those things. But yes, the like thought of, I could potentially do this, is the same thing as your self-esteem. Yeah. So the ceiling is yeah. self-esteem, ego, self-importance in, in, in some capacity, right? Yeah. Uh, which is really interesting. And then I think the other part of this conversation is actually a discussion of, okay, that is true. What are the tools to build the self-esteem de like, and for know. some people that's so religion cool. and for some people it's other things but like for somebody in my seat right who just like has none of these things 
What's I, the unlock? Well, this is the thing that's interesting. I think that not having a spiritual practice is a bad choice. Yeah. Like, there are some things that I think, okay, everybody hates the word should. I also hate the word should. I hate when people tell me that I should do something. I'm going to should everywhere right now. Yeah. You should have a physical practice. You should have a mental practice. And you should have a spiritual practice. And by the way, I don't have a spiritual practice. It's a gap. But it matters. And I'm not saying that you should go to church or temple or mosque or whatever, or that you should meditate or that you should journal or that you should spend time in nature. Like It I'm depends on each person, but you should have you something. You should have something. Yeah. Because living inside of your own shell leads to unfulfilled lives. This is like a truth in my head. Like this is a core truth that you cannot show me a fulfilled human being who lives in their own bubble. I don't want Jeff Bezos's life. I don't want Elon Musk's life. Elon Musk lives inside of himself. He thinks the world's going to end. He thinks we're going to die of climate change. Apparently, I literally read a quote the other day that he like lives like he's poor at home. He's like constantly terrified of everything. Dude just lives in fear. Fucking terrible spot to be in. So like you got to have a foundation to sit on and like if you're missing one of those three practices, mental, spiritual, physical, you will have a gap in that practice. And that will unlock, those three things will unlock the reason for existing Potent level of like self-esteem yeah. that allows you to then it's consider what could you achieve. They're like, there's almost like, you're all, it's not that you're just going to be like, oh, enlightenment, you know what I mean? And you're be like, oh, I figured it all out. But like, life is boring if you figured it all out. I also think that's true. So like, the whole point of the show is we don't have shit we figured don't have out. Shit figured out, but like talking about it helps me realize some things. Like right now, I'm like, oh fuck, yeah, I need to recommit to that spiritual thing. You know, it's like, and for me, the only thing I have out of the the those three buckets is the physical. I think you have a little bit of the mental because your work is stimulating and fulfilling for you. True, I guess it depends on what we mean by mental and that. Capacity, I mean, I mean, mental yeah. of like you must be tested by something. Oh yeah, well then sure. Like uh -huh. one of the reasons that I don't think it'd actually be that fun to just be a pro athlete is that like. For some pro athletes, you only have met, you only have physical, mm. and I and I honestly think that the best ones don't only have physical. No, 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 no. Like, look at Steph Curry. He's like Dude's intellectual, intellectual. He has business and, things. Yeah. He he uh, is very. He's a very strong Christian. Again, I don't care what you are. Just have. I don't. You don't have to be anything, but you got to have something that fills you spiritually. Like there is a thing about that. Yeah. Ran over. This <laughs> was so all over the place. As with most of these episodes, we like kind of talked about the thing that we set out to talk about, yeah, but I think that's kind of the point. We mostly got there. Awesome. <laughs>